some of the leading wide receivers in week one. Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, your guy back in the, with the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. Nine catches, mm-hmm. 184. Uh, A.J. Brown with the Eagles, 10 for 155. Devontae Adams for the Raiders, 10 for 141. Jabbar Chase for the Bengals, 10 for 129. Stephon Diggs, Bills, 8 for 122. Michael Pittman, Colts, 9 for 121. I mean, this goes on and on and on and on. More on that topic coming up later. But first of all, welcome to the show. Excited to be kicking off a new season on the podcast with Jordy McElroy, the new managing editor of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, I'm excited to be working with you, my man. Welcome. Thank you for having me, my man. How's everything going? Ah, man, it's... It's good. Life's good unless you're a Patriots fan right now. Right? We're gonna and we're gonna get into it. Uh, we're, we're definitely gonna get into this. But basically, a pilot episode for us, right? Because subscribers and other people who have heard this podcast previously, I'm sure, are familiar with the work of NFL analyst Henry McKenna. Just an excellent reporter in person. Do you know Henry, Jordy? I'm sure you do. I do. I, I know Henry. Um, Henry actually brought me on as a as a contributor back in the days for Patriots Wire and. You know, then after that, I kind of worked my way up to to manage an editor of Vikings Wire for a little while, and I'm right back with the Patriots. I'm I'm, I'm back at home. I love it. Yeah, I, I did notice that that's not a Boston accent. Now, you're going to realize, Jordy, working with me, that I'm not the smartest individual, but I did realize that's not a Boston accent you have. Definitely not a Boston accent. It's more of a more of a Tennessee accent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a Southern guy through and through. It wasn't always this way. My family, we actually, we lived in Alaska and then we moved to Tennessee and, you know, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of caught that country accent. It's contagious, man. That's, that's interesting, man. We could spend a whole pod talking about how Alaska to Tennessee and now you cover the Patriots. Yeah. There's a story. Now there. I can- <laughs> there's a story there. Uh, so ba- back to Henry, he left USA Today Sports Media Group over the summer to take a job with Fox Sports covering the AFC East. So Henry's kind of a rising star in the industry. We're happy for Henry, of course. Uh, and, and I did the show with Henry for two years, Jordy, and you definitely have big shoes to fill. And by big shoes to fill, I mean, Henry would talk for like five or six minutes at a time, right? I barely had to say anything, <laughs> but great point. Henry will be right back after this. And, and it was brilliant because Henry's really smart, knows what he's talking about. And, and I'm just like a spoiled Patriots fan who literally was graduating high school during the start of Tom Brady's run. So me talking more on this show definitely a cause for concern i think maybe for the listeners uh but i don't know i don't know if you're gonna be able to fill that much airtime for me we're gonna have to figure out how this goes i'm gonna have to figure out how you pod you know what i mean it's definitely gonna be tough henry's also a really tall guy too it seems like so i mean I, 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 me technically i'm five seven and a half <laughs> i'm strong though but yeah i couldn't feel him it's gonna be tough filling henry's shoes we'll see you know i'm not trying to fill henry's shoes i'm just trying to fill jordy's shoes yeah yeah you just we'll gotta just be, keep it at that right just gotta be jordy mcelroy right you can't try to be tom exactly. brady you just gotta be trying to be jordy mcelroy uh okay so here's another cause for concern uh this entire patriot season jordy right that's kind of where i'm at now i, I know it's only week one uh but this game it wasn't like last year when we could go okay the Patriots played Miami week one. They lost. But if Damian Harris just held on to the football, they probably would win the game. Right. And Mac Jones is a rookie. He looked pretty good. I thought last year when they lost to the Dolphins, it wasn't like, OK, the sky is falling. But now it's pretty clear to me. And I want to get your take on this. The Patriots are behind the Dolphins. They lost both games to Miami last year. Now they've lost this game. Didn't look good in the process. They're obviously behind Miami and they uh, they can't even make Buffalo punt. The last two times they played Buffalo and Buffalo looked awesome on Thursday night. So that's just the division. Never mind the rest of the AFC, right? Which is stacked. So I don't know how you can't be concerned right now. What's what's your first impression of the team after you saw them, you know, in week one? 
and I mean, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm concerned as well. Uh, and, you know, and I think part of the reason is last season was last season. You know, Mac Jones, he's a rookie quarterback coming in. You know, they're assembling this, this brand new offense around him and everything. And, you know, our expectations weren't out, weren't, weren't through the roof. You're, you're, you're taking it as, you know, he's, he's going to go through growing pains and the offense is going to figure it out. And the next season they'll be better. Well, here we are second season and you go into that Dolphins game and they obviously haven't figured it out. And I can make arguments in some cases, they look kind of worse. Um, And, you know, Bill Belichick, actually, he, he had made a comment saying how, you know, two plays potentially decided that game. And he was obviously alluding to the interception on the first drive, of the pass from Mac Jones attempted to Devontae Parker and it was knocked up in the air by Xavier Howard and picked off. And then he's obviously alluding to the strip sack that was, that was run in by Melvin Ingram on Mac Jones as well. You know, those, and then obviously, well, I guess three plays, he could have said three plays because you got the, the, uh, the, the Waddle play that broke free for the touchdown as well. But you know, but you know, like at the end of the day, man, that's, Bill Belichick, he's right. You know, if they don't make those mistakes, is we could be talking about a completely different game right now. But at the end of the day, that's football, right? You know, it's inches. It's a game of inches. Like I said, I covered the Vikings, and they talked about this all last season of, you know, if we did this play or this play, we're not down by three points. But, you know, you can't look at the season that way, obviously. We'll be here in week five, 0-4, you know, talking about what could have and what should have happened. But I'm definitely concerned – with the Patriots right now. Yeah, there's a lot. And you had a great article. You had four takeaways on the game. Most of it was negative, which I was proud of you for, Jordy. I'm like, ooh, good. This is going to be a good podcast. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to get into your four takeaways. But another article on Patriots Wire was put up by Cam Garrity on Monday. Uh, and it, it was basically saying, look, it's one game. Don't overreact. Don't be that fan. Uh, and, and I just, I don't know. You know, I look at the AFC West, Jordy, like there's going to be at least two teams out of that division that make the playoffs, right? Uh, and the Patriots are, are they third? Are they with the Jets? Like, where are they in the AFC East? Never mind the AFC. As I, can we realistically expect them to be a playoff team right now? Right? Like, that is, that's where my head's at. Uh, I'm just super worried, uh, and, and, I, and I'm excited to get into your four takeaways article, but let me ask you a quick fantasy football question, right? We're going to come up on our, our fantasy segment here coming up next from the huddle.com. Our friends over there are going to tell us who to start. If I forced you to start one Patriot every week for the rest of the fantasy season, Jordy, after seeing what you saw in week one, who would you pick? It's going to be Damian Harris, obviously. I mean, Patriots, they're, they're always going to keep trying to run the football. And, you know, and I and Ramondre Stevenson, he's incredible. He's awesome. And he's kind of shown some flashes. But I believe at least in week one, Damian Harris kind of proved to us, you know, he was averaging 5.3 yards per carry. So he kind of proved to us, you know, he's still the guy there in New England. And he's not a guy to be underestimated. He's going to get a lot of usage. And he's the one guy you can depend on on a, on a football team that I really wouldn't want to be dependent on when it comes to fantasy football this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the answer <laughs> is, uh, why are you making me start a Patriot every week for the rest of the season? Uh, exactly. I think, yeah, I know Damian Harris split with Ramadre Stevenson, you know, carries wise. He still averaged five yards a carry. I think he's still going to get the goal line work. I, I would pick Damian Harris too. PPR, maybe I would, maybe Jacoby Myers would be in the conversation. Uh, but that's just because it seems to be the only receiver Mac wants to throw to with any consistency right now. Uh, so let's get some fantasy advice from our friends over at the huddle.com. We'll be right back with Jordy's four takeaways from Sunday's game. We'll be right back. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. 
I'm Corbinini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for week number two. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Starting an Indianapolis quarterback on the road at Jacksonville isn't as comfortable as it may seem. Colts haven't won there since 2014, and something always seems to go wrong. Ryan was a viable streamer in week one, throwing for 352 yards and a touchdown on 50 pass attempts. The stat line could have looked much better if two passes weren't dropped in the end zone. While there is some risk associated in starting Ryan, Jacksonville did give up 313 yards and four touchdowns to Carson Wentz last week. Tony Pollard, running back, Dallas Cowboys versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This matchup profiles better for Pollard than it does Ezekiel Elliott if the Bengals can force Dallas into a pass-happy script with Cooper Rush under center. Dallas's offensive line is a mess right now, too, which bodes well for getting Pollard out into space. He is a fairly risky play in most settings, since it's more likely than not Cincinnati will play tight around the line of scrimmage. Expect plenty of checkdown work coming from Cooper Rush's right hand. Wide receiver Julio Jones, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at New Orleans Saints. Likely to be without Chris Godwin, Tampa might have to put the ball in the air more than usual against a Saints defense that is tough to run against. Wide receiver Mike Evans has not enjoyed tremendous success through the years, especially against Marshawn Lattimore when he faces the Saints. That could redirect Tom Brady's attention to his peripheral outlets, such as Julio Jones. Jones looked every bit the part of his former self in week one after two years of injuries derailed his career and had many people wondering if there was anything left in the tank. While we don't expect a huge day from him, there's upside for around 15 PPR points. Los Angeles Chargers tight end Gerald Everett at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers will be without Keenan Allen on Thursday night, and Everett came through as a nice streaming play in week one, finishing as tight end number four in PPR format. Expect a high-scoring game from two talented offenses, and Justin Herbert will put the ball in the air and he seems to have plenty of confidence in Everett. For more award-winning fantasy tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatoday bet.com slash podcast see typico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado alright we're back Jordy let's get into your article kind of your post game reaction article four takeaways after this game like I said earlier mostly negative uh, sloppy football right interceptions strip sack touchdowns fumbles uh, the Patriots clearly aren't good enough to overcome that kind of stuff, are they? They're just not this year, you know? And, I mean, and, and Mac, Mac's still in his second year, too. So, you know, he's, he's still trying to figure some things out. So, this isn't, this isn't Tom Brady back there, you know, playing offense that, that, that's, seen, that's seen everything that, you know, he, he has the book on football right now. And, obviously, Tom Brady struggled in his last season with his team, too. And they just they kind of still seem like they have some of the same issues, especially at receiver. Um, and me and you had kind of talked about earlier on. And um, they just they're just they're trying to figure it out, man. And you know this is the second year of them trying to do it with Mac Jones, but yeah, they just they can't compensate for those mistakes anymore. No, nah, and and I remember last year, Mac Jones getting hit was a concern, right? He was just taking a beating back there. We're like, this kid isn't built to to last seventeen weeks if he's just going to take a beating. He got knocked around quite a bit again in week one, didn't he? Uh, now, I know he has a back injury. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you could tell us the latest on that. But I think the, the play that I can't stop watching is the strip sack. Uh, a couple of horrible things obviously happened on that play with the blitzer coming flying in untouched. He was just standing on the edge, comes in flying untouched. No one looked at him, including Mac or Trent Brown. 
Uh, and for me, Jordy, it's like, how the hell did Mac didn't see him? I know now. I know Trent Brown probably they they should have had that schemed up right. They should have had the checks or whatever. They should have had the protection settled up. Trent Brown kind of let him go. I think the tight end let him go too. But it's like, how did Mac not feel that or see that? Like, it's concerning that that play is happening on the on your own fifteen yard line, right? Uh, but what's your, what was your take on that play specifically? And what can you tell us about this back injury? Are you concerned about Mac Jones's health? So as far as the Mac injury is concerned, um, right now, right now they're, they're believing it's, it's back spasms and, and I mean, he could play this weekend. He should, I believe, but you know, it's one of those things that it could, it could end up being a game time decision, just kind of seeing how he feels throughout the week. Um, as far as, <laughs> As far as the strip sack play, man, Trent Brown is getting just completely just bashed right now on social media. And I mean, in a, in a in a way, for good cause, you know, it was his fault in in many ways. He he didn't he didn't see didn't see the the runner coming off the edge. He didn't slide down far enough. But at the end of the day, like you said, Mac Jones as well. He could have seen it, and even Hunter Henry. Although Hunter Henry wasn't in the wrong because he was just running this route, but still, you know, he has eyes and he can he can see that play happening. I think that comes down more to just better communication overall um, on the offense. Guys got to start talking to each other. You know, when you when you see that guy come down late, you know, I, and I mean I'm not on the field, but you know somebody's got to point out to Trent Brown like, hey, hey, watch this guy, watch watch that guy. Um, and I don't think that really happened. And, and obviously it showed up where, you know, the guy runs free and Mac doesn't see him and strip sack fumble touchdown right there. Six points that didn't have to be on the board. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and do the Patriots have a Trent Brown problem in your eyes, Jordy? Right. Like the miss blocking assignment was a blunder. Obviously, Mac Jones got crushed. Uh, touchdown Dolphins. Uh, and you also wrote about how he was kind of, you know, for a big you know, gigantic left tackle who should be an anchor. He was getting knocked around a little bit by the Miami defense, and he was one of your duds in the game. Uh, so do they have a, tra- a problem with Trent Brown? I know he, he hasn't been happy during camp. You know, he had some cryptic tweets while they were in Vegas, and then he has a really bad week one. So is, this a, is, there, is there a problem brewing with Trent Brown? Not like that hasn't happened with him in the past on other teams. That's exactly what I was getting ready to say. That's that sort of that sort of comes with the, with the territory with a guy like him, right? I mean, we we've seen this before. Um, this is this is it's still week one, so I mean, I don't want to. I, w- I wouldn't want to jump. I wouldn't want to rush to to those levels of concern right now. But what I will say is, you know, there there were some concerns on the football field, at least in that game. Obviously, the strip sack fumble, which we just talked about. But I mean. In my opinion, watching some of the watching some of the replays and everything, you know, um, Trent Brown, there was also just a hustling issue as well on some plays. He just, he just, I don't know, he just, he, he wasn't as aggressive. He wasn't really moving around to, to make some blocks. It just, it, it just seemed like a hustle issue to me. And and I'm sure, you know, once Belichick sees the tape, and obviously we know how he can be um, <laughs> in 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 the, in the in the video room and everything when it comes to those sorts of things. It's some bad footage on Trent Brown in that game. Now, and I've heard this thrown around. You know, some people are already talking about do we move Isaiah Wynn back to left tackle? But you know, what you don't want to have happening, you don't want to get in this game of musical chairs already for an offensive line that's struggling, where you're yeah. just kind of moving guys back and forth. You know, um, but yeah, it's just it. It's it's week one. I'm not I'm not willing to like to to just rush to judgment right now on Trent Brown because he could show up and he could have a hell of a game next or this Sunday against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I hear that. Some great points there. Um, 
you know, one thing that listeners who have heard me in the past on this show with Henry know is that I have bitched and moaned about the wide receivers, right? The Patriots solution at wide receiver this offseason was to draft Tyquan Thornton, who's on IR, and trade for Devontae Parker, who had one catch for nine yards on Sunday, Jordy, right? And mm-hmm. I just I looked around the league because it was very obvious watching, you know, the games on Sunday. If you flip on the red zone channel, you could kind of see it, I mean, all over the place. Some of the leading wide receivers in week one, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, your guy back in the with the Vikings, right? Mm-hmm. Nine catches, mm-hmm. 184. Uh, A.J. Brown with the Eagles, 10 for 155. Devontae Adams for the Raiders, 10 for 141. Jabbar Chase for the Bengals, 10 for 129. Stephon Diggs, Bills, 8 for 122. Michael Pittman, Colts, 9 for 121. I mean, this goes on and on and on and on. And the Patriots' leading receiver on Sunday, Jordy, was Jacoby Myers, 4 for 55. Um, I'm just not sure if you can win consistently in the league without a wide receiver that... Now, I understand what the Patriots are doing. They don't have the alpha male wide receiver, but they have good a good group of receivers. I like their group. I just like, if you don't have that one guy who can say, all right, we're in trouble here. It's third and long, which the Patriots were in way too much on Sunday as well. Uh, This guy's going to dominate whoever's on the other side. Mac Jones is going to go to him and we're going to be out of trouble, right? If you don't have that guy, can you win consistently in the league? That's been a concern of mine coming into the season. Those concerns were only like elevated after what I saw. I mean, they spread the rock out a lot, right? Uh, But, Jacoby Myers being your leading receiver from the slot four for 55 is a little scary to me. Like, and I think, you know, they get into those situations and it's like, I don't know if Mac knows who he's going to, maybe he wants to go to Kendrick Bourne, but Bourne's not even in the game. Right. So uh, how, you know, what do you think about that? The wide receiver situation and the fact that you look all around the league, there is these alpha wide receivers that are completely dominating. And this is how offenses are executing now. And here are the Patriots and Mac's like, who the hell am I going to throw to? I mean, just just imagine Mac Jones just walking out there on the football field last or th- over this past weekend, and you know he's playing across from his former teammate Tua, and and Tua has Tyree Kill and oh and, and Jalen Waddle standing next to him, and Max looking over here, and Jacoby Myers is his best guy, like you just said. I mean, it's just it's a complete mess. I mean, I I like their receiving core too, so it's not like I'm coming on here and and, and saying you know they're just they just have this terrible wide receiving core yeah, because yeah. they have some really good players on that side of the ball, but you know they don't have anybody that can directly impact the game. But but you know like looking back throughout the history of the Patriots, I mean how long have we been saying this? Even when Tom Brady was the quarterback, you know obviously they had a Julian Edelman that was that was amazing, but still you know they the Patriots have never consistently had that game-breaking receiver that can impact a game like that. You know, I mean, you have to go back to Randy Moss um, for a player like that. But in this day and age, you know, like you said, you have to have that guy that can blow up, that can at least scare defenses. And it's not just the receivers. And this is kind of taking a little branch off, you know. Matt Jones was kind of forcing some passes as well. Um, if you go back and you watch some of the footage, and he's just trying to make big plays happen because, you know, he's just – there were a lot of plays you would see like a Jonu Smith or a Hunter Henry kind of break free on routes for, for a little short, more intermediate yardage. And Max probably – he's just going to have to just take what the defense gives him. And I know that's a, that's an old phrase that gets overused or whatever in the NFL, but it's true. He's going to have to – he's got to take what the defense gives him, death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Just kind of yeah. work your way methodically down the field and just accept the fact that those plays just might not be there. And, you know, if you get one or two shots down the field in a game, that's great. 
but you got to you got to hit the open guys that are there. Yeah, no, I I agree, and I and, you know you look back at Sunday; it's probably not the script they want. They want to try to play from ahead and get the run game going, and and everything builds off the run game. I get it, I get it. It's kind of an antiquated way to play football nowadays, but okay. Bill Belichick, seventy years old, and this is what we do. Uh, but uh, all right, so a lot of negativity there, Jordy, which is which is fine. That's how I like to watch the Patriots <laughs> um, as a you know as someone who's grown up in New England, uh, listening to Boston sports radio, but. Let's let's squeeze in one positive thing before we get to our uh, sports betting minute by Tipico. Uh, Kyle Duggar, one of the best players on the field, right? And, and Matthew Judon as well. But we knew Judon was going to be a beast. Kyle Duggar, uh, I mean, I think, you know, self-included, a lot of people gave Belichick flack for drafting a Division II player <laughs> the, the season he drafted Kyle Duggar, right? Uh, but the dude can play. He's good. Um, he's good. Well, I mean, he's not perfect, but he's he's he flashed. I think he was definitely one of the... Uh, one of the ups, one of the studs in this ball game. So I think that is a positive thing with the defense, right? I want to get your take on Duggar, but I do have to knock the defense for that Waddle play. I mean, that was just a kittle. That was just a killer. That Waddle play can't happen. Uh, you know, if the Pats are going to survive, they can't give up that long, easy touchdown. And, and they did. So uh, that's definitely a knock on the defense. So it's definitely, a, I don't know if that's, I'm definitely not being nice when I'm giving you know, some shade while doing the positive part of the segment there, Jordy, throwing some shade at the defense. But Duggar, he was a positive. He definitely was a positive. And, I mean, before I get to Duggar, like going back to that play, yeah, that that, that definitely can happen, especially with, with the offense struggling the way that it is. And, you know, in many ways it's sort of not fair to the, to the, to the defense, but it's sort of the way that it is, you know. They can't make mistakes like that anymore because they're not going to be able to overcome them more than likely, at least for right now, on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, that just – it can't happen, and it and on and on a fourth down too, on a fourth and long, man. I mean, that's just definitely a heartbreaker for something like that to happen. And, you know, that's one of one of the reasons why why they lost their first game. But going back to Kyle Duggar, man, he was playing with his head on fire. He was all over the place making plays. You know, there were a couple of one on one tackles that he made on Tyreek Hill, which is impressive in itself. Yep. Just super athleticism. I mean, it's just very impressive. I don't think he has, he has the ability to not only be great. I think Kyle Duggar can be an elite player in this league. And we'll be right back to talk Pat Steelers. Stick with us. All right, Jordy Tipico has the Patriots set as a uh, two and a half point underdog as they head next to Pittsburgh on Sunday at Miami at Pittsburgh. Not an easy way to start the season. Uh, Positives with this game. I think, uh, well, they won't have to try to block TJ Watt, right? because he's going to miss this game. And, uh, well, Mitchell Trubisky is now the Steelers quarterback. So that's those are positives. Uh, but negatives, another tough road spot, right? And the Steelers look very good defensively, Jordy, right? They sacked Joe Burrow seven times on Sunday and had four interceptions. So the Steelers fly around on defense, and the Patriots aren't exactly uh, an offensive juggernaut right now. So there's there's some things that are positive and some things that are negative going into this ball game. What's your leadoff take on it early in the week here? I mean, my, my biggest concern right off the bat is obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They're creating turnovers. I mean, you got, you know, Joe Burrow's out there. He's throwing to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. And, right. And, you know, yeah, and Tyler Boyd. And the Patriots receiving court doesn't, doesn't look anywhere near like that. So, you know, obviously, Mac Jones is going to have to lean on those tight ends. Um, he's going to have to lean on, lean on some running backs a little bit more, you know, short passes to try to get his guys in open space so they can maybe try to make plays. But like you said, that Steelers defense is just absolutely nasty. If Mac Jones is having, you know, back spasms and coming off of a little bit of an injury, I mean, this is probably not the defense you want to be seeing coming, coming, coming into a game like this. Um, 
seven sacks, 11 quarterback hits. Yeah, there's definitely some concern there. But uh, but obviously on the, on the defensive side of the ball for New England, I do like their matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers um, offense. And you're hoping that the defense can come away with some turnovers. You know, they had some close chances at turnovers against Tua, against the Dolphins, but they just, they just couldn't come up with the interceptions that – they might need them in this game to be able to go into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's going to be a defensive game, right? There might not be a lot of points. It wasn't a lot of points on <laughs> Sunday for the Pats and Dolphins, but there's there's really not going to be a lot of points in this one. Maybe we take the under. Maybe the total is what go. we look at here because it's like, uh, again, Mitchell Trubisky is the quarterback. I think Najee Harris is banged up, the running back for the Steelers, the really good running back. Uh, and you know they they lost some of their receivers too. They're breaking in George Pickens, the the rookie, right? But they lost Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, so it's not like they're you know they've got like insane wide receivers. They're good, but uh, you know it's it's going to be. I do like their tight end. I do like their tight end. Um, Fryermuth. He's yes, yes. He he had a big he had a big game. Um, in the in the season opener as well. And he was a guy that a lot of people expected to kind of come on even heavier this year, especially with, you know, Mitch at quarterback, he's going to lean on that tight end a little bit more, but yeah, he's a, he'll, he'll be an interesting matchup against new England, but I mean, outside of him, you know, Deontay Johnson, they just, they don't have a lot of guys as well. And obviously with, with Mitch, with Mitchell Trubisky under center, you know, you still, you got to like the Patriots chances. Yeah. I do a bears podcast as well with uh, Alyssa Barbieri of the bears wire over for USA Today. And uh, so we did a lot of Mitch Trubisky talk in the, you know, back, back when that was the time. And, and so I have opinions on Mitch Trubisky. That's, that's for another day, another podcast, Jordy. Uh, if you were, if, if I was making you pick the spread, Patriots two and a half point dogs, would you, would you take those points? Or do you think the Steelers are, are set up to win this ball game by a field goal? Now, now going back to Henry, he would talk for five minutes here and really not make a pick. And I'd be like, Henry, what, what was your pick and all that spiel? You just went on that rant. You just went on. So, um, <laughs> but what do you think? Are you going to pick a side here? Who do you like? Oh my goodness, man. Like you put me on the spot. It's, it, this is like, I'll be honest with you. This is a really tough game. Like I, I took, I, w- I would have taken Miami in week one, Same. but this right here is a, it's an incredibly tough game. Um, oh man. You know, I might have to pull a Henry here. I really don't know who I would take because because of, because of the defenses involved. Like I can I can literally see the Patriots going into Pittsburgh and Mitchell Trubisky just making a lot of mistakes and throwing interceptions and you know putting Mac and putting Mac and company in good position to come away with some field goals maybe or maybe a touchdown or two. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the Patriots. I'm going I'm going I'm going to take the underdogs here. I might end up regretting it, but I think coming off that loss, I really like the I really like the way that they're able to pressure the quarterback. Um, they they were all over too as well. Um, that defensive front for the Patriots is is real. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on the Patriots coming away with some key takeaways that are gonna put them in in, in good field position for Nick Folk to be the folk hero Secret of weapon. this game. Yes, and the Patriots to get the win. Secret weapon, Nick Folk. I like that. I like that. There'll be this could be a field goal game. Again, I think if I look at the, I might look at the under on this game, whatever that ends up being on Sunday. Uh, but I'm still I don't think I would. I, I respect the pick. I like the pick. I'm rooting for the Patriots, obviously, Jordy. But I think the Steelers might be better. Right, now. I just think the Patriots, they're not where they need to be. They're just not they're just not clicking right now. And uh, that worries me against that defense. I would probably pick the Steelers to win by a field goal. But the Steelers are such a weird, unpredictable team at times. I might just have to look at the. I'm riding the fence. That's how you ride the fence right there, right? That's that's called not big. I'm going to pick the Steelers, but 
Uh, it is funny. Last week, it's one thing you've probably experienced experienced this as well, Jordy. Right in life, working in this industry, doing some media stuff, working uh, for USA Today like this, my friends and family will always come to me with their questions. Like I'm some sort of like savant, and I'm not. Right, <laughs> I'm just like any other guy. So they'll be like, "Oh, who should I pick in Survivor? Oh, who should I pick in the NCAA t- tournament?" And I always be like, "Oh yeah, I'm an expert. Let me tell you." And I don't know. And I always pick the wrong pick. But I actually. <laughs> was messing with my little brother. He was like, who should I pick at Survivor? And I'm like, Miami. And he was so pissed. He like lost it. And uh, I was right. So yeah, I just think the Patriots, I'm not comfortable picking them yet in any capacity. Straight up, spread, whatever. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers. But how was the, uh, how was the first podcast for you, Jordy? Was it like going to the dentist or was it fun? Well, it, well, it definitely wasn't like going to the dentist. Um, I'm, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. I actually had some bad experiences with the dentist here recently. That's oh, a, like man. I said, that's a, that's a story for another day as well. He about killed me a couple times, but <laughs> you know, I survived and I'm here. I had a fun time. This is great. Um, you guys can laugh at my accent later and, and hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> the best Southern accent uh, covering the Patriots out there. Jordy McElroy of the Patriots Wire. It's great to to be doing this with you, my man. Uh, appreciate the takes. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We'll be back with more Patriots Wire podcast next week. Catch you then. This USA Today sports podcast has been presented by USA Today's sports media group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini and the Huddle podcast inside the weekly line with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren and the Bet Slippin' podcast. We'll see you again next week.